1: Welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And this week, oh, I'm excited. I've got a fellow property sister in the house. We've got the one and only Bushra Mohammed. Now, I'm not even going to waste my time introducing you, Bushra. This is on you, babe. I'm going to oh, hand God. over to you to say who you are, what you do and how you ended up on Property Jam. Go for it. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Joe. Nice to meet you, Matt and Joe, again.
2: So, I'm a property solicitor. I qualified back in 2006. I have been practicing on and off. I took a six year career break back in 2012 because I just got fed up and I wanted to spend more time with the children at the time. And it was the best decision I made. Then what happened was a series of events. And in 2019, I said, well, actually, I feel like doing something. I'm getting bored and the brain's going a bit mushy. So I said, I want to do something in property, but it's got to be on my own terms. And through yes. that, I decided to renew my practicing certificate with the Law Society. And this time around, I'm a consultant's solicitor, which if you don't know, it means basically you're self-employed under the umbrella of a law firm. But because I'm a bit crazy, I want to do property investment as well. So I do two businesses, and fortunately, they complement each other so well that clients love it.
1: Yeah, it's unusual, actually. We, I don't think we've spoken to somebody who does the legal side of property no. and investing. Have we met? I don't know. There is normally, only a couple.
0: Normally, yes, normally we just get. Yeah, they probably going to be quite dull. Yeah. Probably. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah but you're not you're actually really cool <laughs> thanks Joe. you too back at you <laughs> yeah because it's I, I suppose they are very distinct but like you say they massively overlap you can't do what there is to the you without the leap bit, right and yeah.
2: I think you know is I think I've maybe understood what I like myself and I after having the career break I realized I don't want to be at my desk all day five days a week or even six or sometimes yeah. um and it's just you know, I like being on site. I like, even though we complain about builders and plumbers and everything, I do like having that banter and then going out and shopping for whatever you need for your bathroom to your kitchen and understanding what the different types of plaster there is. But, um yeah, so I do enjoy it. That's
0: more detail than I know.
2: I was going to say, I didn't know. Say how many types
0: of, of plaster there are, you know? Is it like,
2: oh, my God. The things I've of learned Paris? in the uh, I've learned so much in the last just 12 months, let alone 10 years. It's wow. one thing after another. Because I didn't know what needs to be done on the front of a house because there's a huge crack down it. I thought, you just plaster over it, mate, don't Poly, you? know? Polymer, polymer. No, polymer. no, no, no. I've got to get this heli <laughs> fixed bar system now. So it's uh, 10 yeah. steps above what I thought it'd be. And it's not an easy job. And then I have to pay for scaffolding, which is... At least another five, six just long, K. Just a long ladder.
0: What? I know, but. Hmm, and you know what? Helipixel, it? it's just a hammer, you know, in, job done. Um, polyfiller over the top of it. Yeah.
1: And this is why Matt's not in the trade. So. <laughs> I
0: yeah. have the kind of a, the fuck it mentality. Yeah, It'll be totally. But right. <laughs> it, it falls down.
1: Bucket, my it, my house is. is broken and it's fallen down mentality, yeah. <laughs> so correct me if I'm wrong, your strategy of property circles around auctions, no? Like you're a big so, auction lady. Yeah,
2: so I do love auctions and it's a high-risk strategy. So I I buy from auctions and I act for clients on auctions as well. Right. So it, this has only been in the last, say, three, four years, mind you. So before, my whilst on my career break, I was bidding at school auctions. Now I'm doing property auctions, which um, is a bit of a step up. So, can and I just, uh,
0: just can I just dive into that a little bit? Um, mm-hmm. What do you bid on at a school auction?
2: Oh, amazing <laughs> stuff! Oh no, thanks.
0: I've yeah, got I'd, I'd like, to, like to. Yeah, the highest bidder. Please. In fact, the lowest bidder can take them.
2: Take my turn. So, you know when the uh, PTA organises some sort of event to raise money for a school. So it might be tickets to some amazing game or uh, the best one I I won was a stay in a beautiful chateau in France, Normandy, a few years back, quite a few years back actually now. And that was, that I got carried away. And I think that was the day when I realised there's something about auctions I like. And my friend next to me said, you're bidding on everything. You do realise you have to pay for this stuff at the end. As I do, but it just there was so many little things that I was like oh I need that and I don't want that and I need to bid on it um and then I think it was later on that year that same year my daughter my youngest was only nine months old and I saw a property in auction and I said you know what let's just get out the house and maybe we'll bid on this one um luckily we didn't bid on anything um yeah, it was a good good learning curve with three kids in a auction showroom
1: blimey sounds like i can't even imagine it like, no it was mental imagine it, yeah, it was mental give, i give, had give, to take snacks
0: did they get oh. given a paddle
2: no this was just you know the normal standard auction just raise your hand luckily none of the kids did
1: <laughs> boys <imagine.
2: laughs> when, um, yeah
1: waving at the hi Mummy!" suddenly won a house <laughs> like, <laughs> no so yeah it was good
2: and now i like auctions because i think it helps with my background as well you know knowing the legal pack understanding it okay. then you know i i like being able to be in control as much as possible up front even though it's stressful that you've got to do so much work up front but i do like that certainty and the speed i mean i'm a properties lister and i know how long conveyancing can possibly take yeah. so if there's some certainty where a i'm i know i'm going to exchange on that date and b i pretty much am confident i'll complete on that date and anything that's out of my control, I'll damn well sure make sure that it's <laughs> fixed and reduces my risk. So all the clients obviously know that I understand that. And then I, I can advise them not only on the legal pack of things, but I feel like I can understand what they're going through and then say, well, have you got this in order? Have you got that in order? And then they'll say, oh, no, I, I haven't. So I'll just quickly say, well, I think you should speak to this person or that person. And then it helps them as well.
1: That's, I, I suppose. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just thinking, like, it makes complete sense that you, the, the legal pack side of things, which can bamboozle so many people because they have to run it past their solicitor. You're like, yeah, job done. I know what I'm looking at. Of course, you it's do. options. yeah.
0: And, and that's the thing is that what you need is a solicitor that understands um, the problems and, more importantly, understands the solutions. Because I've had solicitors in the past where they like, where they just. They have this game of ping pong back between mm. floors. is like, I need this. I don't have it. I need this. I don't have it. I need yeah. this. And until you get to, and then you just say, what, we're going to complete next week, right? And they say, no, I haven't got this. So it's like, well, why haven't got it? So they don't have it. It's like, well, tell me what's the worst case if we don't have it. It's like, oh, we we'll just get a 30 pound insurance. It's like just get the, get the Yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I,
2: I've been on that receiving end, even as a solicitor, and it just drives me nuts because sometimes I just think, this is a waste of time. You're not being proactive. And then sometimes I feel like I'm some sort of litigator as well yeah. because you're kind of like just, you know, as if you're in a courtroom telling the other side's solicitor, no, my party's in the right. You've got to send this stuff and you've got to tell me the document that I need. And I just think, oh,
0: my God, what? What?
2: why did I become a barrister instead? <laughs> but it just <laughs> makes no sense. You
0: get, you get paid 10 times as much. Oh, and wear God, a wig. Yeah.
2: Get to wear a wig. Yeah. Oh, I did think about it, but then I did some sort of work experience while I was at uni and I fell asleep in court. Oh, <laughs> it was so boring! So <sighs> boring. And it was just that day was a planning hearing. And of all things, a planning hearing, you know, I just thought, I'm not spending my life doing this. No way.
1: No, fair enough. Oh my goodness. So, hang on a minute with your own projects. Then, so let's just say you buy something at auction, do you do all your own conveyancing? You do all the legal No, well. Now?
2: it unfortunately doesn't always work that way so depending oh. on the lender because I I use a lot of bridging lenders okay so if I'm fortunate enough I'll have a solicitor or firm that can do dual representation so that firm will act for me and the lender okay. but in the last transaction I paid a fortune because I had to pay for not only my solicitor acting for me but the lender insisted on another firm to act for them so I had to pay you don't even want to know, but I paid a stupid amount of money to a firm, which, you know, when I just think that's how much they're charging. And that's one of the gripes I've got at the moment is bridging lenders, being able to choose or hardly give an option on what firm acts for them. And then that firm, you don't have a kind of a say, they'll charge stupid amounts. And if you don't have that contingency or some sort of backup plan on walking out, you know, a 5k 10k plus you wow. better be wary of going into an auction because unless your lender accepts due rep be ex- expect to pay huge amounts oh
1: I mean that's by a beware and a half isn't it because there's so many 100%. other things that can catch you out with an auction oh, let definitely. alone the legal side right yes
2: yeah. people don't realize that and I, I mean I've got several clients who are very experienced award-winning developers that I've helped on and they've said oh my gosh Bushra, thank you cuz now i know um a i'll adjust my bid or b i'm not going to bid and you know some people might complain oh i'm not going to spend that much money on an auction pack say if i don't even win it but then i have to explain to them well either you either pay do it exactly but or if you do win it and you have all these issues um, that you might have to then face litigation, which then will cost tens of thousands. So wouldn't you rather pay a few hundred pounds and know your risks? It's such a high risk strategy anyway. Yeah. And then I had some client a year ago phone me, said, Bushra, oh, I know you do auction legal pack reviews. The auction is going to start in one hour. Let's oh go gosh. through it now. I said, are you joking? Are you,
0: are you an emergency service? <laughs> no.
1: And I, I couldn't even, how do you put a price on that even <laughs> I mean, you can't because the risk is just so great, right? Like, what if you've been, oh, my God, literally I've got goosebumps thinking about it. Like, You know, it was one of those things you uh, just
2: think, no way, is is this some sort of prank? My husband's playing a prank on me right now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Bloody you, no.
0: hell. Oh, my goodness. I'm actually um, on the verge of buying something from auction at, uh, as we speak, Um, but modern method of auction. Okay. okay which yeah. is really typical nowadays
1: because mm. there's very few in the room ones now with the 28 day traditional completion it's all very modern methods just generally now yeah
2: I've got a gripe with those ones they are great if the numbers stack up but yeah. at the end of the day even the modern method ones you're not guaranteed an exchange when you've bid that that reservation yeah. fee is just almost like an option agreement fee mm. yeah. and that's why I personally have not bid on any of those and then I, you know, do a huge red flag warning to clients who do bid on anything like that or are interested in it to say you do realize just because you've bid on this and you've won it doesn't mean you've got the property. You're not you're not exchanged.
1: No.
0: Yeah, that's that that's interesting because uh, I saw that as a bonus because it meant that I don't have to, I'm not committing to it in full yet um and i don't have to i don't have to find the 10 deposit all i have True. to do is find six grand today and it gives me five six weeks to find the the full deposit to be fair there's only 130k purchase um right. i'm also trying to get it on a mortgage although um i literally got the message saying the mortgage is going to be 6.34 e- percent ouch on, on a, a short lease um oh, so okay yeah I, I just need to rerun the numbers because um they, they accepted my offer which is the only offer on the table after oh. after a back of back and forth um and then and then it got to the stage of now pay your reservation fee i'm just like i'm away for the weekend um i'll get to it on monday and it's just like i'm a, i'm away next week She's like the auction representative um okay. can you pay it on friday or saturday and i just didn't respond because obviously i'm away mm. so um i'm delaying Paying the reservation fee um, because then mm. I'm paying when the 56 days starts, so I can actually get my mortgage application in this week while she's away. And then maybe next Monday, I'll pay the reservation fee, assuming that I'm still happy with this deal at 6.34%, which is 2% higher than the other one in the block. Yeah. That I just bought, or well, just buying. So um,
2: did you hear about the guy who bid and won a staircase at an auction for 25,000? Stop it. What are you saying?
0: Was it, well, oh. Is that on purpose by accident?
2: No, no, on purpose. So what? his business startup um, strategy like is, where is. is he helps new startups and wants to promote new SMEs, basically. So he bid on this staircase, unused staircase that's already attached to a building. And he won 25,000. And there's loads of kind of social media news reports on it. And I just think, oh, my God but you know how's off to him for taking that risk but uh now, on, why wait, sorry
1: what hang on wait so that suggests that the staircase has is its own legal entity in its own right like what I didn't read the
2: legal pack on this
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> but but all I
2: could say is I looked at a picture on um wherever mm-hmm. it was google where it came what? up on me and I just thought why and yes. and when when there was some interview on on him and he said i'm going to maybe use each floor or staircase for a pop-up startup i just thought how are you going to make your money back but it'd be so interesting to follow that guy to see what he does with it and <laughs> how i just don't know how you can add value
1: to it but it'll be an interesting one i'll say stairway to hell that sounds horrendous i, don't, oh, I just God. don't see how that's a legit you stay have done the headline way
0: to hell <laughs> oh, bah, 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 bah. <laughs>
1: Wow. Okay. Well, t- listen, so far we've talked about a whole bunch of crazy people. So, on that note, what does the human side of property mean to you, Bushra? <laughs> oh,
2: so, I've met enough crazy people. So, <laughs> I think the human side would be because property is so person related and people related. It sounds cliche, but we're always dealing with people. So, it's an amalgamation of dealing with from your tenants to your lenders to your plumber, your builder, and then being able to relate to them, communicate with them, being empathetic with them. And it's just a concoction of all those kind of communication skills that we need, whether it be verbal, in person, and being able to communicate with all the people, really, and able to relate to them as well. So you're not going to communicate to lender the same way you might communicate to, say, a certain demographic tenant for example and the same way I'm speaking to maybe a tenant that's not paying right now or my client right now so I just think the human element is being able to kind of speak to everybody manage everybody's situation whilst being empathetic I think as well but then at the same time you're running a business and not everybody understands that or appreciates it sometimes but such is life eh?
1: it's something about you know not just being able to communicate but to kind of uh, adjust how you communicate with people to suit who you're speaking true 100 oh, right?
2: so mm. I've got a nightmare
1: situation right now with
2: a leaseholder and unfortunately she has got some mental issues we believe my team and I and it's very hard to communicate with somebody who who just has no filter when she's communicating with you. When right. I'm saying to her, you need to pay service charge for the building, but she's got a dozen pets and says, I don't have the money. A dozen? I'm not joking, Joe. She has a dozen.
0: <laughs> a dozen pets, okay.
2: And that includes, uh, let's see, parrots, a couple of tarantulas, some fish, mm-hmm. and the most recent one was a dog.
1: I would argue the most conventional of (laughs) all.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, Hmm. and then when you're having a conversation with somebody who says...
0: Can I just just check? Is this one of your clients? No, I I would
2: stop acting for her if she was my client. Okay,
0: this is a a seller, a vendor. No,
2: this is a, what would you call a leaseholder? So I'm the freeholder, she's the leaseholder.
1: Oh, I see. Right.
2: So... I'm saying to her, for example, can you stop feeding the pigeons, for example, around the property? She's one of those crazy ladies who's got a dozen pets, feeds the pigeons, and, yeah. So, and she still will feed the pigeons. What well, do you on. do? Is she
1: is, is she in breach of the terms of her lease by doing so, or is it just well, like Well, a... the lease is very <laughs> archaic,
2: unfortunately, oh, okay. and we're trying to, Team and I are trying to be in a polite way, trying to stop her from doing it. Okay. Um but at the same time, you know, she'll write these weird emails, and subject matter would be greed. You know, it's, it's not the most polite way, but you know, I think you, when when you've been in, in the game for so long, you just think, okay.
0: Do you want me to look after the property that you live in? <laughs> or, do you exactly. Want, uh, I say, or exactly? I'm to say, or do you want those leaks to continue?
1: Yeah, no. You pay your I service just cars, saying...
0: There might be some money to pay to fix that leak.
1: Yeah, it's true. Yeah.
0: But.
2: You know, I think, I think, but then that's the, the most extreme side. You know, I've got some other tenants, majority, you know, 99%, you know, to be fair to them, are amazing, brilliant. You know, they'll yeah. go out their way to look after the property and will, you know, tell me beforehand, oh, Bushra, I think something needs to be fixed on this wall or this area needs to be done something, you know. And, and it's one of those things that, well, that's life really, isn't it? So I can't really complain about everyone being the same group tight really because then it wouldn't be fair to everyone. Because that's the same thing really really with my clients, my legal clients, 99% point nine are fantastic. That one person in the last say three years was a nutter and I stopped my retainer. Oh, I can't <laughs> can you imagine?
1: <laughs> no,
2: but I tell you it was a very good example of it it really opened my eyes where you just think, okay, she was an amazing highly, highly acclaimed developer who a lot of people respected but when halfway through the transaction I asked her for proof of funds from the private investor she threw up um, a whole kind of uh, of uh, accusations where why would you need the proof of funds I said well I've got to carry out AML checks on this person who you're borrowing you know 300k from it doesn't make sense," she said. "No, I can't do that. I said, well I can't act for you because that sounds a bit fishy to me now."
1: Wow, gosh! So, Look, oh, that was the wrong answer.
0: Even if is. it was fishy, that was the wrong answer. Yeah, true. Yes,
1: so yeah, you have all sorts. And uh, it's interesting, as in the legal side of things, you must um ah. Uh, I never thought about the scandalous side of it or like the whole kind of, oh, that's raised my eyebrow. I'm questioning whether you should be doing this deal at all. Like you must get that all the time, no? No,
2: fortunately, no. But uh-huh. because we, we're trained so much into AML at the moment and fraud, it's in the last say, probably 10 years because of the Internet and everything is so such a big issue where people are being scammed and we have to double check so much now. It adds a lot more time and people don't realize I'm phoning. Just last week, I completed a sale for a client and not only did I have to phone her to confirm her bank account details over the phone, even though she's emailed me, I have to then phone the estate agent. Now Savills, not to name a shame, is a huge company, but just to confirm the bank account details i had got took nearly 45 minutes because I was going around in circles phoning head office phoning accounts team no accounts team don't deal with it credit control no that person doesn't know that one and I just thought oh my god and then you also have to phone the other side solicitor and you've got to confirm the bank account details that and you just don't know because at any moment your you know email system something could be hacked and somebody else could send the bank account details, claiming um, it's them. You've and had we've that. Got, you,
0: Matt. I have had that. Yeah. yeah.
2: So we've got to do training, and we've got to be on alert, really, through a not only throughout the client's transaction, but throughout the whole, you know, week to week, day to day running of the matters, because it could happen from anything and anyone, really. Mm.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's amazing, and also like the. I nearly got scammed the other day with Barclays. It was like, how scary is this now in terms of like how intelligent scammers have got? So basically I had a phone call from Barclays. Uh, It was from with the held number. So I should have known better, but I was instantly suspicious from the jump. What they were able to do was actually trigger text messages from Barclays that's what was scary and they were like oh there's a code that's come through can you relay the code not in the actual text message it says this is a message from Barclays whatever you do never relay this code because of course if you relay the code then it allows them to approve a payment that they're trying to push through using your card fraudulently and because it came through from Barclays I was questioning there was something suspect about this person but there was also just I couldn't reconcile the fact that they were able to manipulate the system it's getting very advanced it's mad
2: I don't know how these people sleep at night honestly it's and sickening.
1: I'm, I'm yeah. pretty savvy, but imagine if that was an old person, they'd have given away yes. everything. And do you know what he said to me? He said, oh, I'm about to trigger a text from Barclays. And he said, and um, when the text comes through, he said, because somebody's logged into your bank account and they've replaced your mobile number with theirs, you have to do a reverse psychology or something. So basically where it says approve the purchase, instead of saying no, you have to say yes. And at this point, I'm like, oh, you must think I'm a fucking idiot. And I was, oh I was like, oh my God. I just said, oh, listen, I'm really sorry. I said, I have to go. Um, But yeah, I said, uh, I said yeah, I'm going to have to go. And he said, oh, no, no, don't go stay on the phone. I said, no, no, I'm <gasps> eight months pregnant. I need to go for a wee. They went, I will stay on the phone with you while you go for a wee. Have you approved the text message? I'm like, mate, you're fucking shifty. And I put the phone down. That really bothered me. And he was trying to get me to book into a, um, to, to, to get me out the house at a fixed point in time. <gasps> That's what scared me the most. Because he said, you need to come into branch and go through all of these secondary checks to kind of, what? like, you know, uh, yeah, all of this stuff. I said, I'm not doing that. And then he said, yeah, when will you be available? We have an appointment at this bed, whatever branch it was yeah. in Bedminster. We have this bran- uh, branch available Come in at 12 o'clock. Will you be out the house at 12 o'clock? And I'm like, what? oh my God. So not only were they committing online fraud, there was also a risk that they could have like turned up at my house and robbed so have you
0: Have you now changed your card address? Details? You can't change your address, but can you change <laughs> your card details? Yeah, so I cancelled obviously-
1: the card. To- I spoke to the fraud yeah. team at Barclays immediately afterwards and I was just yeah. like, guys, like, is this the first time they have come-, come across and said, no, this has only been happening in the last three weeks. This person is running rampant right across Barclays. That's
2: nuts. And that is, that is scary because... They've got that much information on uh-huh. you to say when you're going to be outside of the house, even.
1: He knew my date of birth. He knew my address. He knew my um, mobile number. He knew everything. And, it, it, you know, if you weren't just, if I didn't have a sort of like, I don't know.
0: It's about you, think, yeah.
1: yeah. do you know what I mean? You'd have just given him everything. So you know what?
0: You. I'm I'm in the process of trying to sell one of my keyboards. This is really Fair. random. On Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. And um, I just put it up for like 400 quid or something. And I didn't expect to sell it for 400 quid, but instantly there was like five people interested within about 45 minutes, all of them with slightly foreign names uh-huh. and all of them saying very similar things. And I responded to a couple of them and I was just like, you don't really want my keyboard. You just want my money or you're, <gasps> going, to, or you're going to rob my house or something. I don't know what's going on here. But oh. so, so I ignored them. I I hear hear a lot about Facebook scams. One of our team had a Facebook scam where someone come to came to pick up a PS3 that he was selling uh-huh. and um came with an app that said, I'll transfer you the money now.
2: Yeah,
0: and put the money, your bank details in, etc. And it said money gonna be sent, it'll be transferred within two hours. Yep. And jo- yeah, and Jordan's on there checking his phone, going, Money hasn't come through yet. But check, you know, Metro Bank will send it within two hours. he's like, Okay, take the take the um PlayStation. Nobody turned up
1: yeah oh no so they, I it's like house and what they do you put you post up you post a bit of furniture on facebook marketplace and you get exactly that they're like i can't come and collect it in person but i will send a courier and the courier will have a payment link yeah and they also say or oh, you have to pay to cover the insurance of the delivery because that's not something we will cover so those are the two strategies they use and after about the third or fourth time i got started getting this I was like oh this is a thing this is what you do yeah, yeah.
0: I'm still it's trying to work out how. So how they're much. Gonna, yeah, I don't know how they're going to make the money out of it. To be fair, but anyway, we've got we've gone off on tangent. Let's let's. We Yeah, I need to sell some stuff on
2: Facebook now. I'm thinking, should I?
0: Well know the real ones. You know the, the, is, ones. You know the legit
1: ones. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. It's really obvious. Like we've, like a couple of weeks ago, we gave away a, like a Wendy house, which was falling down in our garden because we just didn't want to take it to the tip. And we got about 10 people saying, oh, my kid wants that. My kid wants mm-hmm. that. Guy turned oh. up from the local village and, you know, he took it, as you know, a carpenter. He's going to do it up for his son or something. Oh. Um, completely for free. Because it was for free, I didn't get the um the random stuff. It's a 400 quid keyboard, oh, fair probably not. the wrong place to sell it. So I'm going to put it on eBay and a couple of others um, where I've sold things before. But I just thought maybe someone might be interested. But no, I just can't tell. Well, well I mean, I can tell, but if mm-hmm. there's a real one amongst those five, I'm not responding mm-hmm.
1: to them. So shifty.
0: Because um, who's going to buy a keyboard without coming and making sure it works, playing it to make sure it's what they yeah. thought it was. Uh, you know, it's like if I was spending 400 pounds on a keyboard, I'm going that's a considered purchase for someone who's buying a second hand keyboard. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but move, moving on. Um, so, Busher, you maybe hopefully have come prepared with a question for us.
2: Oh, yes, I have. The question I have for you both is, hopefully you've not been asked this before, is what is the best piece of advice you've received?
1: I think we have been asked it before, but I always so forget have. what I got told.
2: I, okay, then. All right, forget it. If you have, next question, back up. Oh, I love she's got backup. Uh, if you could swap lives with one person for the day, who and what would you do?
1: Oh, my God, we've never been asked that. Should can I, can I do the
0: first question? That was easy.
1: <laughs> no, you've got to do the same question. Okay,
0: so you said it again. So if you could swap lives with anybody else for, for a one day, day, who would it who, be, and what, and would, you what you do? would
1: you do? Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> do, you,
0: do, do you say, am I myself when I swap lives with them, or do I gain their their skills? And oh, yeah. I
1: hope it's you... the latter.
2: Well, however you want to interpret it, it's quite okay. technical. Clearly, I
0: didn't think of it that way. Well, yeah, because if you wanted to go and do, let's say, like for example, I don't know how. to Yeah, I'm not very good at skiing. I wanted to be really good at skiing. I swap lives with someone else who. Okay then,
2: yeah. However you want to interpret it. So with the skills or their position,
0: position of power, or not.
1: (laughs) I've I've got two. Is that allowed? Can I have two people?
0: Yes, you can because it might give me some inspiration. Okay then, half a
1: day each. Then Joe for you, (laughs) half a day. I'd have half a day being Oprah. Could have
0: mine. I think I just yeah. I would.
1: I'd. I'd I'd like to. I know it sounds crazy, but um, I just think you know. What's interesting? She's a woman of color in a position of, you know, hard-earned privilege. Um, what is that? Of which
0: you, which obviously you relate to.
1: Yeah, but what does that feel like? You know, like she—that's. It's because I don't relate to it that I'd be so interested to kind of ex- sort of step into that. You know what? What does that look like to be that super wealthy, but also be that knowledgeable, but that famous? So you're the most famous black woman on earth. Like, what does that feel like, and what responsibility comes with that, and how? How do you carry that burden, almost, um, that comes with the weight of that responsibility?
0: I uh, think that's. The, first... I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure you can you can garner that in half a day or even a full day. Yeah, that's something yeah. you need to be open for probably a good week or two just yeah. to get. Fine, I'll just things. do the
1: private jet or something. That'll be fine. Um oh, it's a hard it's a life, bit. then, isn't it's it? A hard life. And then the other side of it, um, I was thinking about someone like Darren Brown because you know how they've got like that sort of ability, that knowledge to kind of. How it. minds and stuff yeah like how do you how do you do that like I, yeah, yeah something like him
2: mm. what would you do with that skill
1: Probably manipulate the fuck out of people <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah, can like... you imagine i actually i would do that and then i would control the auctioneer yeah exactly
1: that yeah you could
0: control the auctioneer but then from you with your solicitor brain on you're thinking all the aml that's going to get past <laughs> <Yeah>. you <laughs> oh yeah. yes yeah yeah exactly imagine that. imagine Darren Brown's solicitor going hmm
1: yeah
0: is this mm-hmm. mm, yeah, mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> um oh God, what, am I, what um, who would I be uh I mean, the first name that popped into my head was Richard Branson, but that's too oh, cliche right. it's too, you I should think, go
2: with whatever came to your head first. Uh, yeah
0: m- maybe i should I, I just think it's a bit cliche because i I'm actually you know I am fascinated by how he operates because. Yeah. He's a very different person to me. He's someone who is, you know, he doesn't care about how things work. He just wants things to work for people, you know, mm-hmm. services and, you know, whatever, and whatever. And um, like what was, what was the thing that he said that I learned the other day? That he, it was his video, he talked about like a balance sheet or a PL and like someone was talking about this. And he's like, well, what's that then? You know, and he's in business for so long. Oh, and yeah, this, this he's like, business things that right. you know you just assume some days, like I don't have a clue. I just have really smart people working for me, and I identify a problem and he solves it. Well, he identifies a okay. problem and then solves it. so um I, th- I found that fascinating. And you know what what um one of our or you know, the regional the regional director of our FD company um or our, our old FD company, um he used to he he had a company which he sold to Richard Branson. Uh, also to the virgin group uh virgin water and um uh, he, he said he used to go into those board meetings and he'd have like five minutes or so because they'd have like the monthly board meeting which everyone flies into and um he gets five minutes you know w- of 10 minutes on his business and you have your like 11 or 12 kpis if they're all green he literally mm-hmm. just goes and moves on to the next one uh he only wants he only wants to focus on like yeah, even like the orange like is there a plan yeah. the red like what's going on here yeah why why isn't this working so I just find it fascinating and that has always been in my mind that's where we want to be in our business is be able to say what the KPIs are the old green if they're not then um yeah you because know, then that's how you can be really hands-off with the business and live on an island like you know Necker Island for example amazing so that, it, I, he's that, uh, quite
2: inspiring isn't he the way he's yeah. so efficient and, it, and I like the way that he's not afraid to ask those questions. That might sound dumb to some people, but you've got to have guts to also ask the dumb questions, I
1: guess. Who would you yeah. be, Bishop? Oh,
2: gosh, that's a good question. Mm. What's your question? Say? <laughs>
1: that's a
2: good question. Yes, you're right. <laughs> um, it's a hard one because I just think, well... Could I make much of a difference for one day? Probably Prime Minister of this country, quite frankly, right now and see what...
0: <laughs> what can you do in a day? In
2: a day, exactly. So just thinking, could I quickly implement some laws? I don't know whether I could quickly change some wow. sort of legislation and say, mm-hmm. well, the new legislation is I can amend the statute and it's going to be in effect within one day.
1: That would be cool.
0: That's interesting. How you went immediately went for what difference can I make, I'm... and we we both went for what yeah what experience can we have, exactly. you know, <laughs> yeah you, you're obviously a lot more uh, athlete aff- yeah, what's the word giving a philanthropic a philanthropic. <laughs> philanthropic thank yeah. you
1: no but well, we uh, I, I think we we both realised I'm going to defend us here Matt we both realised that there is only so much you can do in a day so you may just enjoy the experience
0: we, we identified that straight away when you were we like um, with with uh, what's her face Oprah Oprah Gloria Yeah,
2: she so. wanted to be on the private jet which i totally understand because i hate driving so why wouldn't you want to go on the private jet
1: you know know, i I worked out it was cheaper to fly between bristol because i've moved to bristol bristol to heathrow than it is to to get the train no way (laughs) yeah so it's not a private jet but i'm still considering flying.
0: bristol to heathrow like
1: 20 minutes like you're in the in the air for 15 minutes something stupid it's ridiculous <gasps> and it's it was it was crazy cheap but the 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 flight times are they're, they're hardly any and there's like like
2: like i love that but even, but even like
0: bristol to Heathrow in a car it only takes like what, two hours is not it But two hours train takes now an and a half isn't it
1: it does no so yeah door to door so it cost me about 150 quid return to go from Bristol to Heathrow because really? to get yeah but 50 quid of that is a cab to the terminal and the ho- between the terminal and the hotel I was teaching at because Uber name and shame charge 25 quid just to take you five minutes around the corner it's like what so, yeah. this is why we need a private jet isn't it that's is why I need to be Oprah so just yeah. a private jet you know what we'll, we'll am, share I... it Joe I think thanks babe I'm happy well, to once,
0: once I've um, had a few more flying lessons then I'll uh-huh. um we'll pop over We'll we'll have lunch, and I'll fly over and have lunch with you, Jay. Definitely sounds
1: great, babe. Yeah.
0: Where's your local airport? I have to have a look. Uh,
1: so it would be Bristol, Bristol aren't we? yeah, it'll be Bristol International, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. But I
0: won't be flying into that one, which is the little one. Oh, um, <laughs> the nearest airfield. I should say.
1: I don't know. I have to. I'll, I'll text you. I'll let you know. Yeah. we
0: go. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, should we no.
1: episode roulette? Yes,
0: yeah, sounds like a plan Ooh. to me. Right. So for our listeners who may be uh haven't listened to previous ep- well to an episode of property jam before episode of roulette is a little game that we play with our guests where we scroll through previous episodes of property jam and then when um until bushra says stop oh. and then when you say stop then i'll ask you your opinion on that particular topic so I am scrolling now okay and whenever you are ready.
1: Oh it's
2: like a game show okay fresh out it is
0: it is however stop. okay Episode 63. Okay. I see dead people and I buy their houses.
1: <laughs> no <laughs> one way. Of download, one of our most downloaded episodes. That was from a fellow property sister. That was from Juan. Yes,
0: um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, so do you buy many houses from dead people?
2: Um, I bought several from probate. No, no, they weren't in probate, were they? No, they had gone through probate. So okay. I was just buying it from the estate. Now, a question:
0: Did you flip it or did you hold it? Hold. I've not sold a single property yet, other no. than the ones for my clients. If you flip it, you have to pay the stamp duty on a, on a probate property. That,
1: that I don't sense,
0: think I yeah. did. Huh? What's that?
1: I don't think I did that.
0: I know. I learned that last last. Yeah. Uh, so, campaign. but that's
1: only
2: I think if you're trading. If you're a trader
0: if you're a trader so yeah. um oh, okay. you, you, you have to do it more than once although um, I would say this was the first time I'm doing it yeah you know, and um I'd really? let I'd, I'd let them investigate me and go you only did it once in five years it's like well I, I had a go I didn't like it um Good. I'm glad I the didn't... way you've prepared this answer already <laughs> I had a go didn't work very well um they were, got no. bored of that that strategy <laughs> we found them alive locked in the basement um, i'm scrolling again
2: <laughs> oh, oh i get to have another go okay this is oh, yeah. exciting i, I mean mean, okay.
0: yeah okay here we go stop oh episode 26 stress you get stressed oh. at all
2: yeah so i do but i'm i feel like i'm coping it much better now so i went through uh-huh. a terrible phase that i had panic attacks and panic attacks if anybody knows are the worst so the yeah. first time i had it I thought, is this a sign of a a heart attack? And at the time I was driving with my kids in the car, taking them to a swimming lesson. I thought, goodness me, why am I so out of breath? And why can't I breathe? And so as soon as the kids got out, it took me a while, good like half an hour to get my breath back. And that was the scariest time ever. And it took me a good year to stop having those panic attacks. Um, was so that, was was stre- that
0: because, because you were still practicing or was that?
2: No, no, no. no. So, this is no. So, what happened was at that time, my husband was critically ill. Oh, gosh. So, this was back in 2018. So, I was still on my career break, and it was probably the most testing time of my life, actually. Um, because it was quite a serious situation. I mean, luckily, he's all fine now, you know, by grace of God, he's okay, and he's sitting in the room behind me. Um, but even though he was in a very critical situation, for some reason or another, my body just couldn't handle it. Oh. And I just got one panic attack after another. And it was just the worst feeling ever because uh, you can't, how do you just fix the panic attack? You can't kind of like just pop a pill and do it and sort it out. Um, And it was literally, you know, oh my God, I can't breathe. Uh, you know, and you're just like huffing and puffing and, You've got very little control of it. And it took me a long time, kind of, you know, just be a bit more mindful and kind of trick, not trick, but kind of convince myself that nothing's wrong. I'm not at risk. It's okay. I've got it in control. But it it took me a long time. Even now, I'll have so many hiccups with, you know, builders or, you know, on a project. The most stressful transaction I had this year with the refinance. But I've kind of almost, I would say, got to a point where I can say, well, it's a stressful, shitty situation, but, you know, this time will pass. I'll get over it. And I've, I want to look forward to when it's all done. You know, just right. last week, I thought the carpet was going to be put down in that property. But no, there was an issue with the bathroom. So now the bathroom's got to be, the shower's got to be taken out, ripped out. So it's like, well, it's happened. you you know when things are out of your control I've stopped kind of worrying about it for too long I'm not going to say I'm completely you know (laughs) amazing like that but um, I've taken it a bit more in my stride and said well it's done if it's not my control I've done the best I can shit happens what can you do afterwards it's just get on with it
1: Honestly, I think that is the best advice and philosophy when it comes to doing property. <laughs> it is.
2: And it's not just property. I think it will help anybody in life, because I think growing up, I was in this really kind of perfectionist mode where I was like, oh, I've got to get this done. And I won't start something until I know everything. And uh, it just dawned on me, you know, an amazing couple of friends said, well, Bushri, you're never going to find all the answers. Um, just get on with it. Just start. Um, and, and that was the kind of like a mindset I had for a long time to say, well, no, I've got to get A, B, C, everything in line, and then I will do this. Or, you know, and it just almost started to be a kind of a, a procrastination issue as well, because you'll never be ready almost. And that was one of the, the things that I kind of like, oh, it was a habit that I can't stand. Now it's just like, well, I'm just going to try and start it and see where it takes me.
1: Oh. Well, what a note to end on. I think that says it all, don't you, Matt? <laughs>
0: yeah, as I say, what was the title of the book? The Simple Art of Not Giving a Fuck?
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a good, a good title. Yeah.
0: Well, on that note, um, uh, we we, de- we gave a big... <laughs> a big fuck? <laughs> we cared. We gave a big fuck big about cares. this episode. Um, <laughs> so thank you so much, Bushra, for being with us uh, for this episode of Property Jam. If people would like to connect with you, how can they do that?
2: Yeah, connect me on social media, Instagram What's
0: your
2: handle? Uh, It's Bushra underscore property interest otherwise just google my name on LinkedIn
0: Fantastic, well thank you very much Uh, and uh, it's a goodbye from me
1: It's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from me